I recorded in episode seven of the Corner Three podcast. I'm back here with Nolan. Nolan's back here for the second time right after the Raptors game. Tricky game. We almost let it go after the second half. Knicks came out guns blazing. Another solid game by Randall and RJ. But uh, as always, you know, Nick Nurse came out the second half, adjusted, and came out with the zone, and the Knicks struggled. What you thought about the game, Nolan? Oh, uh, you know, it was a good game. It was good, um, like you said, it was good to see us come out strong for once compared to the past few games. We came out a little sluggish. Good to see Randall being a little bit more aggressive. And yeah, it sucked. I mean, to see us blow that big lead, but the ability to close out these past two games is definitely something that's like a good trend for the next long term and for the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. It seems like the Knicks have a problem with uh, attacking the zone. I don't think there's enough reliable shooters. We have a bunch of shooters that could get streaky, who could get hot at different stretches of the game, but constant shooter, like that knockdown shooter where teams can't even attempt to play a zone on you, is something that the Knicks have to address for next season. Because it, I feel like if we do make it to a play-in game, and if we do make it to a playoff series, they're going to run zone majority, you know, majority of the defense against us. Oh, yeah, I think we'll see a ton of that until we have shooters that can – effectively beat the zone because i mean it's been giving us struggles all season i know we got a little better with it recently this game was obviously a little regression on that part but i mean i don't know i think burks and i guess bullock are probably our two best shooters outside of quickly and all three of them are streaky so i mean you're gonna see a lot of that yeah, for sure. I like I see Tibbs like he tried to put uh Knox in at the third quarter, but Knox standing, you know, Knox is not you know he's not yeah, he's not always tuned into the game, it feels like. Bro, I don't know what's going on. And I'm seeing both of the bridges ball out was, this season. I was is, just thinking that when I they showed like I have NBA league pass because I'm here in Pittsburgh and they were showing like at halftime some crazy miles bridges dunk and i was just like man we really could have had that instead and i wasn't too high on um mikhail the one on the sun just because of his ceiling but mm -hmm. shit like, i would not mind him with rj like i was thinking about that earlier today like he could like i was watching the suns game yesterday and the way they play defense and it's like he could have been like a real part of what we have going on and he right now he he, he has the chance to be a second all defensive team yeah, no, his defense has always been great. Uh, but, you know, uh, RJ came, you know, he hit that clutch three. Yeah, the corner. Like, what, 35 seconds left or something like that, 34. Yeah, for sure. And transitioning into the previous game against Memphis, when RJ scored 15 points in the fourth quarter in overtime, just really asserting himself. I think he heard the noise with ESPN and that ridiculous list. I don't even want to talk about it, really, but <laughs> I don't understand how you have RJ. You don't have RJ Barrett on the list, but you have Halliburton and you have uh, Suns, uh, not the Suns guy, the the guy from the Spurs, the wing. They had the mellow ball ahead of uh, Booker. <laughs> like that was so insane. The like, is one of the, like the top five players, like, scoring players in the league, probably right now. I can't even understand that. Yeah, for sure, he doesn't have a weakness in his game, and you know, I understand like the upside of Lamelo because Lamelo can be an MVP candidate. But oh, man. for sure. But like, what he hasn't shown it yet. Yeah, I mean, he's sure. it, he's impressive as a rookie. I don't mean to knock the guy's game at all. I love Lamelo's game, but. 
Yo, he had he had them like he was over Jason Tatum too. Jason Tatum just had fifty. <laughs> I know, dude. I, whenever Knox came out in that summer league and he started going off, I was like, oh man, he's gonna be just like Jason Tatum. And it's just been it just that that's been like the peak of Knox's career, isn't it? Outside that one month, I think he won Rookie of the Month or something that one December. You know when uh, when RJ was getting drafted, I actually thought. In my pea-sized brain, I actually thought Knox had more potential than R.J. Barrett. At one point in my life, I actually thought that. Uh, (laughs) My time frame was a little bit different, like I said, but I mean, I definitely had really, really high hopes for Knox, and that's been one of the more disappointing ones. Even up, even with like Frank, like Knox, I just thought he he looked the part. Yeah, for sure. And then um, uh, going back to the Memphis game, uh, you know, Memphis played us tough. I always thought Memphis was a really, really good team. I think they're one piece away when Triple J comes back. I think Triple J is a, can be an all-star player. Uh, I think they're literally one piece away, and they was playing us hard. And, like, one, one of the most underrated players in the whole league, and, I, like, I would love – I think he's a free agent, and I would love for him to come to on the Knicks, Kyle Anderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's funny because for a while there, when Kyle Anderson, he was on the Rockets for a while on that horrible contract, right? No, no, no. He was on the Spurs. It was like, you know, Pop found him. I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Ryan Anderson, I think. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Anderson signed that ridiculous contract. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking for a second. But yeah, no. He's definitely, I forgot about him for the Spurs. I haven't got a chance to watch the Spurs that much this year for whatever reason. But when they played us, obviously, they just looked like, any typical Spurs team just out executing everybody. Oh yeah, for sure. I think Spurs will always be solid every year just because of pop. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, the Memphis game was uh, it was it was something else. You know, um, during that game, let me find my notes. Um, during that game, like Randall played really hard. Uh, I feel like you know Van Lechunas, they he, they was punishing them on the boards. You know, Ob Noel and. Uh, Randall, they was having and Taj, poor Taj, they was having a hard time with that athletic team, like with uh, Brandon Clark and oh, uh, for sure, yeah, Xavier Tillman Jr. out of Michigan, out of Michigan State. He he's a dog on the boards. You know, they had Grayson Allen on the perimeter. Just you know, RJ didn't have the best game until the fourth quarter. You know, they they put the clamps on him. You know, uh, Kyle Kyle Anderson and and all those guys. They, I, I it's not that bad of a team. You know, I was watching them earlier before and I had tweeted. Like, like, they're legit. Like, I fuck with them. Like, I feel like uh, they're going to they, – they might make the play-in. Depends on who they play. Because I feel like Golden State is pretty much done with the Wiseman injury. I don't think they – Yeah, I was just about to say that when you read it. I don't know if you knew that or not. But, yeah, that Wiseman injury, that sucks for them. But, I mean, honestly, if you're the Warriors, not making a play-in game or a playoff game really isn't that big of a deal this year. Like, nothing this year really matters too much. And they have Minnesota's pick, and if it doesn't get in the top four, they get to keep it. So imagine, you know, they get another, like, five, six, seven pick in this draft, and, you know, they get to bring in Wiseman for another year. I think they trade the pick. I'm still surprised that Wiggins is even on that team, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I guess this year probably just mostly about giving him, like, a full year with Steph to see how they mesh. But, I mean, yeah, I I don't know if he's going to be on there much longer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um uh retracting back to the Knicks um before this game the Knicks the last seven games they were two and five uh crazy losses to like Miami Minnesota Dallas Brooklyn Boston uh tough losses all throughout there 
uh, coming out to this next stretch, they have a few games that are winnable. I believe they have a home stand coming up. And like right now, it's a critical stage in the NBA, I believe, because right now everybody's getting together. Everybody in the league is getting that, that final stretch mm-hmm. either to like coming to the playoffs strong or, you know, preparing themselves for coming back from injury like the Lakers and the Clippers are. And it's a tough stretch. They need to focus. Like this is a real test for this team, you know? Yeah, I mean, even tomorrow, I guess we play the Lakers at home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to be a tough game because even, you know, you saw what they did to the Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Drummond went off for all those people that were talking trash on him on Twitter, next Twitter the past few weeks. But Still talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want Drummond. It would have been like a multi-year deal to get him here, and I wouldn't want to invest that with Randall coming up on a contract and Mitch coming up on a contract. But I mean, people were making it seem like, like he was some bum. I mean, he's definitely still okay. has like a role on a team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks picked up John Henson for their last uh, roster spot, but interesting enough, he has a calf injury. So he won't even play, you know, for his 10 day contract. He won't practice. He won't play. So he pretty much came in collected 100k <laughs> got know? hurt like day one and just yeah just kicks cash yeah. that check that's funny as hell uh a guy who got picked up i don't know if you know uh anthony Tolliver, solid big i'm surprised they didn't give him a look yeah yeah no i um i was looking at a few people i was actually really hoping that um what's his name kem birch who is on toronto now would actually get picked up by the Knicks. I liked him a lot. He actually played at Pitt his freshman year before he transferred. He's just a big athletic dude. He doesn't always do a ton, but I mean, I think he's in that same type of Norvell Pell, Henderson range of just lengthy shot blocker. Yeah, for sure. I heard um, from uh, uh, Kevin O'Connor's uh, podcast that uh, that Ken Birch, like he, he got bought off from Orlando and he, he went to Toronto on, for purposely because uh, he's Canadian himself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's pretty much, I, I, I guess that's like a long-term thing. We'll see how that plays out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, even some of the broadcast today, he played with uh, Nick Nurse and the Olympics. So, I mean, just having that connection, I'm sure can't hurt his cause there. Oh yeah. And they were saying how RJ look, he was interested. I would love to see RJ in an Olympic setting. Oh, get that yeah. experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, seeing him just go out there and compete would just be fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, even though we haven't been winning a lot of games, Bullock has been shooting the ball incredibly well. 43% on six attempts. A real sniper. I know I said last uh, podcast, but he's he's shot well this game as well. Uh, but the only problem I have with Bullock, like I would love to bring him back, maybe not as a starter, because he does have multiple times we've seen this season in late game situations. He's not the smartest. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a great handle. He's not like the best basketball IQ or anything like that. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. And and I would I would really like somebody who could do more at his position. You know, like you know, actually speaking about that, like today to close the game, I loved that Tibbs went with Burks to start closing out the game, and then put Burks and quickly on the floor together for like the last minute or so. There, I think like just having those two on the court together is so much better than the past few games where we've seen Elf just out there doing, providing nothing but running to the rim. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I, and it's it's a it's important for RJ and uh, Randall's development too because those guys are shooters, you know. And once mm-hmm. the defense collapses, they're able to kick it out and get open shots. That's why I don't understand why Quickly's not starting at this point. Like it's obvious that Alfred Payton is not going to be here next season. It's obvious. Everybody knows. Tibbs knows. Leon knows. He knows himself. I'm not understanding why Quickly can't come in. Does he even have to be the point? I don't even think he can be a point guard because I don't think he has the vision. But I, I, he can't like he he plays perfectly in that off ball role, perfectly, and he could play pick and roll. I, I don't understand what Tibbs is not looking. I don't. Maybe it's a veteran. Yeah, that's my thing. I think that Tibbs is. You see it with Obi a bit too. Is he's typically pretty hesitant to play rookies big minutes, and that might be to a fault, but. Hopefully, we don't bring back Alpha again next year, and both those players get a bigger role in the offense. Yeah, man, it's I don't I don't know what Tibbs is doing out there, but uh, you know, uh, quickly he hit a he hit a a rookie wall, uh, these past seven games as well. When during this slide that the Knicks have been on, uh, just putting up only eight points, uh, one assist, shooting thirty nine percent from three, you know, but you know he's always going to be a shooter, shooting well, but he's only shooting thirty eight on the field goal. So tools, he's only shooting at 38 from the field meeting. You know, that, that floater is not going down like it was at the beginning of the year. Teams are yeah. starting to adjust. Like they know if you're not going for the shot, you don't have an in-between game. Like he doesn't have that yet. No. Yeah. That's something he's going to have to work on. I think that'll come with adding a little bit more like muscle in the off season, hopefully. And he'll be able to get to the rim a little easier. But I mean, you saw from like, especially that Memphis game, even today, that whenever he's on, man, he can just change the entire, like, flow of the game for the Knicks. Like, when the starters don't have it going, he comes off the bench, and he's such a spark plug. It's a, It's been such a such a benefit for our team. Yeah, for sure. He's Lou Will, you know. He's Lou mm-hmm. Will, and, and it's been a long time since the Knicks had a bona fide six-man. It's been since J.R. Smith, and somebody has came off the bench and lit it up. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Alonzo Trier for a minute there, but that didn't pan out. We we all did, man. We all <laughs> did. <laughs> Alonzo Trier. Shout out to shout out to Alonzo Trier, man. Yeah, Alonzo. man. Seriously, that dude. I mean, I, I have nothing against him. I mean, he, he was fun to watch. I didn't understand why you couldn't come off the bench, especially last year's roster. You couldn't play a minute. Like that's, yeah, I don't understand yeah. that. But uh, uh, transitioning from the Knicks talk, talk about the league. The league's been heating up. Uh, Denver has been, like, absolutely balling. They had lost last night, but before last night, um, they were 7-0 since getting Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has just came in, played his role. Because, you know, when he got drafted from Orlando, uh, I believe fourth, like, he had high expectations. Oh, yeah. And, you know, now he's not asked to score average 20, you know. Now he's not asked to do all that. Now he's asked to play defense, shoot the three, and cut. Uh, I don't know how you felt about Aaron Gordon in Orlando. How did you feel? Like, you know, honestly, um, you know, man, I thought he was a good player, great dunker and everything, but I didn't, I was, I saw more of his weaknesses than I saw the strengths. I thought he was like a limited potential guy, but going to a place like Denver where he can just kind of fill that role. I mean, it just plays to all of his strengths, like you were saying. His ability to play defense, attack the rim. It changes everything for him. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, been a real spark plug for Denver. Just filling in, filling in that Jerry and Grant role that they've been missing. Uh, Will Barton has been like a real disappointment coming back from injury last year. He hasn't been playing like he has been in that system. Yeah, yeah him and uh, even Murray has been had kind of a down year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, Murray, he's picked it up lately, but the yeah. first half of the year is definitely a little slow. Yeah, but constant – like, the thing about Murray is, like, he's just not consistent enough. I feel like there's, like, another level that he reaches, but he doesn't stay there. Like, he'll like he'll reach that peak, like, that playoff for maybe a game or two in the regular season, and then he'll take, like, five games off. But he's only putting up 20-ish points, which is still great. But when you when you see him play, like, I know there's more there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't know what it is exactly that's holding his game back, but there's definitely something – that I feel like he is like another level he can get to if he really works at it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Jokic has been just tearing up the league, 26 points, <laughs> 10, 10 assists. I mean, uh, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, almost averaging a triple-double, uh, shooting uh, f- 57% from the field, 42% from three, 86% from the free throw line. Only Russ and Oscar Robinson have averaged 25, 10, and 8 in a season. Uh, and Jokic is going to be the only one to do it while averaging a true shooting percentage of 55%. So, like, he's de- demolished in the league. And nobody has been more dominant than uh, Jokic since Embiid has went down. Nobody has been more dominant than Jokic. Oh, no, and it's crazy that, like, you don't even hear that much about I mean, you you do you have recently now that they've really started coming on. But, like, prior to that, you just don't hear so much about Denver and Utah and teams like that that just go have really good seasons and just because they're not big market teams they don't get the coverage that other teams get yeah for sure and 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 Denver like the thing about Jokic is like he's improved every year and he really showed that against the playoff series against the Clippers he was a big reason why they were able to come back 3-1 from the uh from Los Angeles last year really just his vision is incredible as a big man. Like you really don't even need a point guard if you have. No, yeah, you team. literally you literally run the offense through your center, and <laughs> it's like having a point center is just crazy. It's a luxury, real beautiful to see. And um, you know, Aaron Gordon, he was saying on like this is the easiest basketball I've ever played. Yeah, that's what I, mean. I didn't realize like how good of a fit he would be to that roster until you actually see it all come together I was a little like skeptical about the move I was like uh, like I said I didn't really think the highest of Aaron Gordon so whenever he went there I was like I mean that's a you know it's a nice move it makes him better but seeing him actually be able to not be like you said the focus of a team and really just thrive in that role is something that, you know you just love to see that for players in the league yeah for sure and uh uh, how do you feel about their playoff chances? I feel like, you know, with the Lakers coming in the playoffs, maybe a little banged up. Uh, Clippers, you know, with their issues, we never know what's going on with them. Utah, you, to me, Utah's fake noise. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Denver? Denver, I think, honestly, has as good of chance as any who's reaching the finals. But... I did I did this last year and I was wrong. I'll probably be wrong this year. I just think the Clippers are still more talented than them, even though they lost that series last year. Especially with that Rondo edition. And the reason I'll say that they 
the same chance as the Lakers is just the injuries and how they come back and how many games they have back to really mesh and, you know, get all on the same page again. But I mean, if there's any player in the league that's proven that none of that matters and that you just need to get them into the playoffs, it's LeBron. So it's probably the Lakers have a slight edge still, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see that series and, um, you know, how they play them. How do you play the Lakers this year? Because it looked like, you know, AD pretty much tore them up uh, last year in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how they adjust with Aaron Gordon. I don't think Aaron Gordon is going to do as good as a job as uh, Jerry and Grant. Well, neither of them did a good job, but it's going <laughs> yeah. to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Transitioning to another team in the West has been just dominating the league, the Suns. The Suns have been playing extremely well, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, Devin Booker putting up 28-4-4 four four since the All-Star break. I think he heard that noise, you know, about him not him not making the All Star team originally, you know, being an injury reserve. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, like the West is deep, like in the guards. But I mean, the fact that was it, this was his first All Star team, right? Not second. Second, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, but still, even that, like, he's been such a good player, such a underrated player i feel for so long now he's been one of my favorite players so to see him have like this team success finally is is really cool yeah for sure um cp3 has been a big uh part of his development this year uh cp3 putting up 17 points uh eight assists four rebounds you know he's look he's he's looking like great for a 35 year old i believe he's 35 right uh, I think that sounds right. Yeah, he's about 35. You know, the impact he had on winning, just, you know, the impact he had on the young guy like uh, Bridges and Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson's living up to, like, where he got picked at mm-hmm. for sure. And That's uh, another guy, actually, who uh, started off at Pitt. <laughs> oh, he transferred. Yeah, yeah. He's actually from, like, Moon Township, which is about, like, the town next to me. But it's cool to see local dudes like that actually being – when he was at Pitt, I never thought he'd be a first-round draft pick until he went to UNC, and then it made a lot more sense that he got to really, like, show his ability. But he's really surprised me because, I mean, I thought he was a good shooter when he was at Pitt. But, I mean, he's just become a solid defender and just even playing the power forward sometimes. He just got a lot bigger, and it's – just the development's been cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I know he was a good shooter. Like uh, when he was when he was at North Carolina, I know he was a good shooter. But when uh, when he got drafted, where he got drafted, I'm looking at the. Oh, sun. I thought it was a huge reach, man. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, why are you taking? And and then, you know, you got to give them credit because the front office credit because they really turned that franchise around. Because two years ago, it looked like they were going nowhere and nowhere fast, and it looked like they was going to lose. Devin Booker before the rookie oh, extension. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought he was going to ask for a trade if things kept going the way they were going. Yeah, for sure. Like, picking up, uh, like, drafting well, like, again, with Mikel Bridges, uh, drafting Camp Johnson. They picked up – they revived – um, what's his name? The guy who danced with Resbrook. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. I, I, I like, do, too. Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, they revived Cameron Payne's career. Uh Aiton is playing great defensive basketball. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, CP3, like since this MVP like conversation has been, you know, blown right open with all the with this weird year and all the injuries, CP3 looks like, you know, he's putting his hat in the and he probably won't win it, but it's a conversation, the impact he had on the sun. Yeah, I think honestly, if the MVP was awarded the way I think it should be rewarded, which literally like, the most valuable player to your team versus where I think it's become more of like a the best season that a player has. That's why like Giannis has won so much. Um, I think CP3 would be higher up in the, in the uh, race for that. But just the brand he plays of basketball, he's putting up good numbers and everything, but compared to players like Giannis and LeBron and Embiid, the numbers just like aren't quite on that same level. And I think that's why he, he, we're not hearing as much chatter about him in that race. Yeah, for sure. Incredible, but still a great year for 35. You know, he deserves a medal. Call it fixing a franchise medal. He went to the Clippers, fix up the Clippers. He went into OKC. Everybody thought OKC was going to go into the shitter. He revived that season. And now he come into the Suns when they barely made the, they barely made the, the playoffs. I mean, now, was it a plan or player? They barely made the plan. Yeah, yeah, they had a bad. Yeah, it was a pretty bad record still. But I mean, they made the play in. Yeah, and then he comes in, and now they're the second seed. Then they're the second seed in the West. You know, growing up, growing up watching Chris Paul, I've never really appreciated Chris Paul. I always thought Chris Paul was like overrated. I don't know why. I just, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never <laughs> had love for CP. I'm going to be real. I've never really had love for CP. No, always... I get that though, because like I can, I can see a lot of the things he does, like chirping at the refs and some of the things you hear about him in the locker room being annoying. And he's not like the flashiest player, but I don't know. Um, some of my favorite basketball teams when I was younger just had traditional floor general point guards and that just what like chris paul is the prototypical point guard and i just love that brand of basketball so i think that's why he's been one of my favorite players for a while now yeah even like um when him and uh him and darren williams were you know the point guards you know one and two point guards in the league i've always I, like personally i've always thought darren williams was always better than him i don't know why now that i'm looking back on it i'm like i'm so, i was stupid but i really thought <laughs> darren williams was better than him well, no, i mean uh, to like in your defense like i mean darren williams had a few really dope years there in utah yeah, yeah. Now he was a, he was a killer. He was a killer. Like to put you on the spot, uh, do you think he was better than Nash? Ooh. CP. <laughs> oh, CP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's a touch better than Nash personally. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> what about Jason Kidd? Jason Kidd. Yeah. Same. Oh. Okay. okay. I know. I'll probably get killed for that. But <laughs> now, nah, I mean, it's not. I mean, they. I mean, I don't. They both are on the same level. Uh, yeah, yeah. As I'm saying, it's not it's not like a far gap between those three. But I just think he has a, the highest ceiling of those three. Just by the way, I think he's probably the best shooter of those three, which is the biggest Ooh, difference Nash. for me. Ooh, towards Nash. the end, Nash got much better. Him and Kid got better at shooting towards the end of their career. But Chris has been pretty good, especially in that mid range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. You know, CP has has had a impactful career. His shooting has always he's always been a solid basketball player. I've never, I, I, I would never say like, you know, he was a terrible player. I've always thought, you know, 
he never had any playoff, uh, you know, success, major playoff success mm-hmm. uh, until that Rocket season. Because I didn't really, really start to, like, appreciate him until that Rocket season. And I saw him, like, turn up against, like, Minnesota. I saw him turn up against Utah. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he's about <laughs> that life if he, if he gets the opportunity. Oh, yeah, dude. He's always been a player for the moment. I remember watching him college even and just being so surprised, like, how NBA ready he looked. But then he go to Wake Forest, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back when Wake Forest got recruits. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Man. Like I like um I still I have that uh Wake Forest Tim Duncan jersey that I pull out sometimes. Oh shit. That's <laughs> funny throw, so the throwback. But um my uh my buddy from Connecticut had a uh had a T Mac Knicks jersey in his closet. <laughs> And I was like, damn, that was like the year I started like watching the Knicks. Then the next year they got uh Stoudemire, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the year. I believe I was I wasn't even in high school yet. I believe I was still in the middle I was in the middle of middle school and I remember and at that time I'm not really like understanding basketball like that so i'm thinking like yo we got t-mac like holy shit and he, yeah, yeah. And he, he turned up that one game oh he a, yeah yeah he had, some, he had some solid games for sure in that one game though, i know what you're talking about but he went off yeah i imagine you're like 11 12 years old and you're watching the, <laughs> and you're watching that you're not and you're even, like shit i don't have like any idea like his age like, yeah affect things. <laughs> no he looks like a perfectly good superstar player uh-uh, i'm buying all into that <laughs> and then he just disappeared and i was like damn yeah that was but hey we got mari and the mellow so we got a nice little run out of it at least but they never played with each other like that no yeah but i just mean like from there on, we had like a stretch of at least having one <laughs> really good player. I know it. it you know it. It really sucks. You know, it, as Knicks fans, because we finally get. I know this is like rambling, but you know, we finally get Carmelo, and all that bullshit happened. I'm still not over that. I don't care what type of winning we have right now. I'm still not over that era. Yeah, yeah, that era just seems like just so mismanaged the whole time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, even like. Obviously, drafting Perzingis, regardless of anything that happened after the fact, was a good move. But the fact that, I don't know, I think Melo is his best version of himself at the four. And to draft a power forward there when you just signed Melo to that contract and you knew he was going to be at that position, like I just don't think, Mellow's the a good enough defender to play the three regularly. Yeah, for sure. And like um yeah, Phil Jackson at the time was just terrible. Like him and uh, Isaiah Thomas, like I don't know which one fucked up the team more. I I'll say Isaiah just I mean, Phil for all the shit Phil did, he didn't like mortgage or future and trade away draft he, picks. He tried to. He tried to <laughs> he tried to. But like we said last time, I think we were on the pod, he almost traded for Booker and uh, the pick for marketing, but at the time we were gonna we were gonna kill. Oh, him for that. oh, oh! He would have been like lynched out of flipping New York, but I mean, shit. And that Joe Kim Noah contract, I gave him hope. Like I really did. I was like, Man. I did too. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Me either. Me. Either. I don't know why I bought into that whole team. Looking back on that, that was like such a typical Knicks team, but. You know, and then uh, my friends that are not, 
that are not Knicks fans who think of me as a delusional Knicks fan, they told me that like Joe came no way when wasn't gonna be shit ever, ever. Like after that, after the Chicago Bulls uh run, after that injury he had and he barely before he signed that big contract because he barely played before. He played like thirty games maybe before he got that big deal. I'm sorry, did you did you say? I said uh Joakim Noah, he he got uh he played like thirty games before he got that big contract. So it's like Phil, what are you doing? Oh, I thought he was signed. To, I thought he just came over as a free agent, and signed that big contract. No, he did. I know. I'm saying like he he played. Oh, like, oh I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt the year before. You mean? And he got paid. Like, what yeah, are you doing? yeah, yeah. Um, transitioning into um a t- to a team that's been struggling. Uh, the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been five and five their last ten games. Just five hundred, just off the strength of Zion. Um, Ingram has been having injury troubles, but. Even before he went down, they've been losing games. Uh, Zion's been putting up 37 and 4 on 60% shooting. And, you know, he's, he's just unstoppable. Like, if he's five, like five feet away from the rim, nobody's going to stop him. Like, he's bullied Goldberg. He's, he's, he's bullied almost every big, in the, every big in the league. It's incredible <laughs> what Zion has been doing, man. No, yeah, Zion's been great. But, honestly... For me as a Knicks fan, like seeing them not have the greatest like success and wins and losses is an upside for me because because I think that makes it less likely they try to spend top dollar to bring Alonzo back. Yeah, for sure. Like you saw, like I guess the reason behind them even entertaining the fact that Alonzo, you know, was on the trademark is because, like, there's no purpose of paying him if we already see what's happening with the trio. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, if he's just not a fit, it's just not worth the money he's gonna command on the open market. Yeah, and um, you know, part of the losing, I feel like uh, Stan Van Gundy, he hasn't came in and had the impact that I believe David Griffin believed he could have. Yeah, that was a questionable hire to me, just in general. Like, I just thought he's been out of the league for so long that it was going to be a challenge for him to adapt. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I liked him in Orlando when he was with the Pistons. I feel like he had too much on his plate with the, the GM and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I like how he come. I like how he coached that Orlando team. Oh no, that Orlando team. team was dope. I loved Dwight then, man. I thought Dwight was gonna be like, like a top five player for the next ten years after that. Oh yeah, for sure. Now Dwight Howard was. Now, Dwayne Howard was really, really good in in his prime days in Orlando. He was like the ultimate security blanket. Uh, he was he really was. He won like three defensive players back to back to back. And uh, oh yeah, and just they built that team just completely around him, where they just surrounded him with shooters like Keto Turkoglu and players like that. That would just like for back in the day, they shot probably more threes than most teams in the league were doing back then. You know what's crazy? I was looking up a stat like that team would be like almost last in this like in today's NBA. Yeah, no, it shows you how much the game's changed since like especially uh, Curry coming in, just changing how many threes people take from where they take them on the court. It's just, I mean, I don't mind that at all. I love seeing it. I love seeing all the spacing. It just shows, it gives all these athletes like Zion, RJ, players like that, just to you know really get through the paint rather than you see just everybody clogging the lanes and 
just drawing fouls and hacking and whacking every other play. Yeah, for sure. And even with like even with uh Steven Adams being there clogging up the lane as he does, like Zion is still able to score efficiently around the basket. Uh once he once he gets his outside game, it's gonna be real stop like real tough to stop him. Like as soon as he's able to catch and shoot a three on a consistent basis, watch out. Oh yeah. Watch out. And um Steve Adams dope. You like Steven? I know he went to Pitt. I know you're a big Steven Adams fan. Man, uh, I was going to yeah, rip Steven Adams. I was going to rip Steven Adams. Honestly, like, when he was at Pitt, he, like, didn't look anything like he looks now. He was, like, this skinny, like, clean cut, didn't have a beard or a single tattoo. And he just came in, and he did, like, all right for a year. And, like, I wish he would have came because that next year is the year we actually had Kim Birch, so we would have had two seven footers on that team but he just went because if you're a seven foot center like steven adams you're gonna go in the first round no matter what so it just didn't make any sense for him to come back so i'm not like super attached to steve adams but i like seeing the player he became in okc after how underwhelming he actually was to pit yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, he, he Stephen Adams, you know, he he has his role. He when he, in in the right situation, he can be effective. But I believe in the Pelican situation, this is just not the right fit for him. Um, him oh, definitely. I thought that was a questionable fit from the beginning of that signing. I mean, I think if you're gonna pair Zion with somebody, it should probably be somebody that can at least like attempt a three. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and um, the problem with like, w- w- for me, like David Griffin has been, uh, hasn't been really doing his job correctly. Like drafting Jackson Hayes with Zion, I don't think that's going to be. Uh, yeah, uh, it seemed like they play the same area of the floor a little bit too much. Yeah, for sure. It, and then the problem I have with Steven Adams, like, you know, he he's not the greatest. The, like he's a decent team defender, but one on one, he gets killed by most bigs. Uh, he ladder- gets killed by like athletic bigs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And he's like, he's a good screen setter, but he's not the best rebounder. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? But he has flaws in his game, like huge flaws that 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 amplify in the Pelican system. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, I mean, I think even part of like the reasoning behind them signing him was that yeah, they, they kind extended of, him. Like, what the fuck? I, I remember like, that. And, like, Stan Van Gundy, like I said, it's he's been out of the league for a while. And, like, he's used to having players like Dwight Howard in the paint. And I, I just think part of it was, like, he wants a traditional back-to-the-basket big that can do those sort of things. And that's part of the reason why I think he's not been a good fit with Zion specifically. Very good point. Good point. And um, also about David Griffin, uh, drafting, uh, you know, drafting Kira last year. Even if you know they had Lonzo, which just to me was questionable. They could have used that pick to improve their roster for this year. Uh, areas that they, you know, they could have improved on. They still got to pay Josh Hart. And uh, you know, I appreciate JJ for you know throwing dirt, you know, on the Pelicans' name after you know leaving. Yeah, that was scummy, man. <laughs> you know, appreciate that. I hope Lonzo hears that, you know. I hope Lonzo, you're hearing that. Seriously, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
drifting away from teams, I want to talk about, you know, some young players that have been, you know, really turning it on the last few games. One of my favorite players from last year's draft that I wish the Knicks could have picked. One of my favorite players in the league, my guy Poku, Pokushevsky, then on the last five games, putting up 16, 5, and 2, uh, shooting the ball way better than he did before. Uh, really, you know, he's seven foot and he has so much potential to grow. Yeah, he's skinny, but you could put him at the three, the four. And maybe when he gains some weight in a few years, maybe he could have a Giannis transformation or something, something to put weight on his body and for him to be able to play multiple positions. And because his basketball IQ is ridiculous to me. I don't know uh, how familiar about you with uh, Pokoshevsky's game or Pokoshevsky just in general shit. I've seen just recently on Twitter a lot about like some people posting some of his stats and how he's been playing super well as of late. And like you said, I mean, I think the biggest thing is going to be how much muscle and weight you can add to his body to really add to that physicality to have a transformation, not quite to the level of Giannis, but just to add the extra layer of being able to kind of you know, just really shoot through contact and finish through contact at the rim. And if he can do that, I mean, I think he's got a really high ceiling. I mean, you could have like a Christian Wood type career. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the reason why I'm so naturally high on him is because um, uh, last year he was playing in like a, like a European league that's like terrible, like terrible, terrible. <laughs> And he was dominating there, and the people had questions. And he came straight into the league, you know, it took him a little bit. But now he's he's really, like, turning on. And, like, if he's able to come from that environment into the NBA and, you know, still, you know, still survive, you know, still put up good stretches here and there, I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he could be two or three years. And uh, uh, Sam Presti really, really, uh, really nailed this pick, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's one thing, Sam. Presti is really going to have to do because he has a lot of first round picks and you're going to have to get some players that are kind of players that are good players with high upside, but are a little bit of a project like that will take two, three years because if you get, if you just keep trading up and you keep getting like, you know, top 15 picks year after year after year, those contracts are going to add up and you're not going to be able to pay everybody. But if you give a player like Poku and he can, um, you know, have a good year like he's having now, have another good year next year, going into his third year, maybe you extend him at a reasonable price and you're able to take advantage of just more shots at the lottery than or the draft in general than other teams that haven't developmental players like that that can stick around and develop into good solid role players and like a championship team is going to be a huge part of how well that team can be constructed. Yeah, great find, great find. Um, another player that that um that's been balling out the last seven games, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I've I've always loved Michael Porter's game. I've I really wish the Knicks would have took him and just waited out the year. Mm. I, like he was another player. Like I I really thought when if he ever got it together, I've like I knew him. Like I followed him since like his sophomore year of high school. I knew if he ever got it together, he'll be a killer in the league putting up uh, 21 points, nine rebounds, uh, just a real focal point of that Denver's offense pushing out uh, Will Barton, taking Will Barton's minutes. Uh, how you felt about Michael Porter, like, development? I mean, he's honestly exceeded all my expectations because, like you, I mean, I really liked him coming out of high school and everything. 
but those injuries and just like specifically his back injuries, lower back injuries, that just terrified me for him coming out of the draft. And I mean, it's still early on to say how that eventually pans out, but I mean, right now he's looking like no, he's, he's showing no effects of that. He's really just blossoming into the player that everybody saw he could be, but was scared off by a little bit because of those that injury history. Yeah, man, and Denver is deep. Even though they traded uh, R.J. Hampton, they still got a, a Howard for Marquette, who's still, I believe, he could still be a serviceable player in the NBA. They still got uh, Monty Morris from MSU, who I, I believe he could still be a serviceable player. They drafted Capazzo, who's been, uh, like, he's a 40-year-old rookie, but, you know, he's <laughs> been playing great minutes for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Bo Bowl, Bo Bowl. I think he could still have a serviceable, league, uh, serviceable career in the league, and he hasn't even touched the floor. So Denver has been drafting just incredibly well, and they can't even put all those players on the floor, man. Yeah, no, that's they have probably the deepest like team in G League, just like from top to bottom, than any team in the league right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, shout out to that uh, management over there in Denver. Shout out yeah, to I can't remember the name of the guy, but one of the guys from that Denver front office came over to the Knicks, right? Did they? I know, so, so, so no, I think it's, um, I think the guy you were referring from is uh, from Utah, Walt Perrin. Oh, that's with right. Their draft that's picks, right. You know, he, I think he, uh, he identified like uh, Donovan. He, he yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. I, I always get Denver and Utah mixed up, and I don't know. It's, there's no excuse for it, but it's, it's something the altitude. There's an altitude, bro. There's an altitude. <laughs> like, it's a bitch to play there. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, transitioning into another young player. I know we dislike him because of the team he plays for, but he has been balling. It's kind of disrespectful not to talk about him, man. Shout out to Luka Doncic, putting up 28 points. Oh, seven. I love Luka, man. Yeah, man. Seven assists, six rebounds, 40% from three. Uh Dallas has been, you know, Castle Portland. They don't even have to. They, I think, I believe they're seventh in the standings right now. Luke, this Luca after the All Star game has been carrying him. Even with Porzingis, uh, in and out the lineup, mm-hmm. they've still been able to win games. We saw them at the Garden put it on us. How you feel yeah. about Luca? And you know, the, how you feel about Luca? Honestly, I've loved Luca ever since. Um, it was right around the year we drafted KP maybe it was either that summer or the summer before but him and KP matched up in like a Euro League game and I watched that kid Luca and I was like looking at Przingis because I was like that's a realistic bot like a player that the Knicks could draft and then seeing Luca I was like this kid might be better than Porzingis and like I had like these grand visions of him and KP playing together with the Knicks and now I just have to watch that nightmare like play out in Dallas (laughs) but man for sure like when Luca came in I didn't know too much about him to be honest until like you know you know during this time right now like when people are talking about the draft and you start researching Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know I thought He'll be like a solid, like maybe a starter. I did not think like he'll be this good. Like physically, he's he's able to be go to wherever he wants on the floor. Oh, I yeah. did not. I did not expect his handle to be as good as it is now. The like, thing is, he played at Real Madrid, and 
he played like right. Was it Real Madrid or the KP player Real Madrid? I forget now. One of those big clubs. Yeah, he played at one of those big clubs. And like players like KP put up good numbers. Frank put up honestly not great numbers, <laughs> but whenever he was in France either. But Luca was putting up like MVP numbers in that league at like 18, 19 years old, or whatever, however old he was then. He started play, I think he started playing professionally when he was 16. Yeah. And it's just, he's been playing against grown men. And I think for, yeah, there's a huge talent gap between the EuroLeague and the NBA, but there's more physicality in the EuroLeague because you get a lot of the older players that don't pan out in the NBA that go over to the European leagues and are just like, you're playing against, you know, like just grown men and you're a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Like that's gotta, that's gotta be part of the reason why he's been so pro ready. Yeah, for sure. You could see it even in LaMelo's game, how much it helps him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I think they were very two similar prospects coming into the draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, really surprised me. And uh, just talking about Dallas as a whole, uh, right now they're in like the seventh seed. Uh, if they were if the playoffs were to start today, they would play the Suns. I feel like nobody really wants to play Dallas. Like, like Dallas is a bitch to play in the playoffs just because of Luka. You know, and that's the gets- thing, though, about the West. It's just so deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I can't even think of who – the eight, nine, and ten seed are in the so, world. So, uh, I believe uh, right now the seventh spot is Portland. It's Me- Portland, Memphis, Golden State, and uh, another team. Another team. Another team. But <laughs> it's 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 just any of those teams you wouldn't want to play in the first round. Yeah, know? for real, for real. Like, and out of all the years, Utah <coughs> decided to, you know, be good and maybe have an easier playoff. Like, this is not the year for them to, to do that. Just because, just the simple fact of, like, the playing game. So whoever comes out of the playoff game is going to feel real good. Whoever comes out of that playing tournament is going to feel real good playing the one in eighth seed, especially in the West. Oh, Definitely. Yeah, for real. Um, that's pretty much everything I had to talk about. Uh, anything else you want to bring up before I let I let you go? Uh, not too much on this end, man. Uh, it's been, you know, good time talking to you as always. Uh, hope we can do this again in the future. For sure, for sure.